This is a podcast. We talk about running. We talk about other things too. So please come and join us. We hope you enjoy this. This is on the back foot. Hello guys and welcome back to On The Back Foot. We're going to start with On The Bob Foot as we so like to do. I Quite often in the week I'll think of some things I might want to talk about when it gets to the time. But that hasn't really happened this week so I've not, not got any pre-prepared thoughts. I'm just going to go straight in and see what happens. So to review the week with the stats, I see I love them. We ran 46 miles um, in a total of 8 hours and 52 minutes, uh, covering 5,581 feet, 1,701 metres of ascent. I was in the gym twice, and I biked for a total of 1 hour and 22 minutes on a tandem bicycle. I slept for an average of 7 hours and 8 minutes. I think I'm getting a bit too deep here, but these are what the Garmin stats like to tell me, and I like to take note. My resting heart rate this week was a little down from last week, so that's good to see. And my stress, cheers Garmin, was level with the week before. So I'm on a, a plain level of stress. What I would say is Garmin thinks that I'm slightly more stressed when I've got a job than when I was driving around in a camper van doing a sweet FA. So maybe there's something in that stat. Who knows? can have too much information and sometimes you can have just enough. So I'm on to Monday. Monday was a day, wasn't it? And I rested. Um, I've been... Writing down what my Achilles feels like first thing in the morning. Yes, it probably is a little injury rather than a a niggle. Um, but it was better than yesterday. Lovely, yeah. And I even popped some needles in it, did a bit of acupuncture on myself, which I always find quite difficult to actually put the needle in. But I don't mind doing it from time to time. And the day, the rest day, was absolutely completed by going to watch the beekeeper with Jason Statham which a 50, well, I'm assuming she was in her 50s, woman in her 50s, um, loved the film so much that she applauded at the end, and there were me and four other people in the screen. So uh, she obviously really liked it. Um, I did a couple of exercises before bed, and woke up the next day and learned why my Achilles has been upset with me. It was okay first thing in the morning, that was no problem. I thought I'll have a go and uh, I will do a session. I could feel it a little bit when I did some stretches and then I ran six lots of five minutes threshold on the Monsal Trail and decided that Monsal Trail has caused my Achilles. I spoke to my friend who doesn't like the Monsal Trail and uh, James suggested that we bring back trains. Um, so yeah, I was running up the Monsal. I was running down for the warm up, pain free. Running up the trail, and I could feel my Achilles. I thought mm, it's not that bad. I'll do a session. So the session that I've been set. So for all five minute reps, going up the trail, up slightly uphill, I could feel my Achilles. 
which was a little bit disconcerting, but uh, the slightly bonkers part of me just thought, carry on. And all the way back, I didn't feel a thing, and I didn't feel anything for the rest of the day. I did gym, and I was very happy, and uh, thought, I know what's causing it, it's all good. There was no pain in the morning, no pain when I first got up. I could even do some eccentric exercises. I was pretty happy with life. First thing Wednesday morning, went for a run. Um, after doing some work, I had some lovely patients. Um, and one of them even put about me on Instagram. So I guess he doesn't mind. I mean, he's not injured, so I'm not giving him confidentiality up here. But I had the pleasure of looking at the body of Harry Holmes and you know, offering my professional opinion of, of where he he might want to uh you know do a bit of bit of homework. Uh, we did some manual muscle testing with a a dynamometer. So I've got tools and uh he's just a lovely bloke isn't he? And it was nice to uh it was nice to see Harry and it was very kind of him to promote me. Um good man. In the evening, I made this a double day, double day, and I went for a lovely run up and down, um, up and down the river near where I'm living, and it was gorgeous. It was dark, the sky was clear. It was very cold, but um, I felt good, and I thought I've cracked it. The next day felt good again, and I went to meet Rob Greenwood. Now Rob was an absolute diamond because the 18th of January has the potential to be a tricky day for me. Um, I uh, lost my dad that day seven years ago after he'd been in a coma for three weeks following a heart attack. And my dad was an absolute hero. Um, so I like to celebrate his life by running up to Sir William Hill in Grindleford because uh, my dad was William Peter Baker, and that's my little tribute. I take his ashes in a little whiskey miniature bottle, and I, Rob was very kind, wanted to hear about my dad, um, because there's a famous saying that you die twice in life. You die once when your body ceases to um, live, and you die a second time when nobody mentions your name. So... We're keeping his second life going and we were telling stories um, and it was just a stunning morning and it was bloody cold but that was a real great run um, and yeah it was nice to have a good friend pop along um, and enjoy that with me. So again no Achilles pain, um, did I think... I think I will tell this story, but it makes me laugh because it's a running-related story. Towards the end, uh, when my dad was in the hospice, um, and we'd been there for quite a long time, so I was popping home and getting things, and so that my mum could stay there, and you know, running back and forth. And I went home one day and went for a run on the coast path, which was probably a lot longer than it should be, probably about eight or ten miles, and. I, really loved it and I thought you know this is good good for me and um the old man would be happy and uh then I got back and had my lunch and I was watching the right stuff thinking I oh, he liked the right stuff dad and then I thought why the f am I watching the right stuff 
when I could potentially miss my dad's last moments on earth. So I thought I'd better drive to the hospice and uh, I quickly wolfed down my lunch and I got back there. And I was very glad I did because we got to the bed. I don't know why I'm telling you all this, but I think it's interesting. I think it's also important that you uh, understand my dedication to comedy because my dad introduced me to the Monty Python films and particularly uh, The Holy Grail, which I've always loved. And it was strange because, I don't know if you people know this, as someone's taking their last few breaths, things seem to slow down a little bit. So I just had this feeling that that was the moment that was upon us. And um, we took one breath and there was a big gap to the second and I think my mum looked a bit worried. Uh, So I thought, I lightened the mood and I said... I'm not dead yet, in a classic uh, Python voice. And luckily, he took one more breath. Um, so he was working with me right up until the end, making sure I hadn't cracked an incredibly inappropriate joke. And um, I think he would have been pleased that right up until the last mo- moments, um, we kept a sense of humour, because... As well as being a very nice chap, he was a very funny chap and always made light of life, which I hope you can see through the approach to On The Back Foot podcast. So there's a little story to you about someone I care about who's inspired my running. And um, yeah, I don't know. I hope you enjoyed that. And that's why it was lovely of Rob to come with me. And that's why sometimes this is a tricky week. But the more you enjoy these moments of thinking of a good person, I think the better it feels. So that's how things are for me. And on the next day, I did feel my Achilles a little bit stiff and uncomfortable in the morning. So I wonder if two days of hilly running upset my little fella. That's my Achilles I'm referring to. And I had a little run with some flat strides and it was a bit sad because I felt brilliant on that run. But my Achilles was just pinching at me every step of my strides. And I thought, you little, you know, why won't you let me run fast because I feel fit. Um, And I went to the gym and I did a good session. That was nice. And I went down to Devon for the weekend to go see a friend and to also catch up with my mum because it's nice to see her on this week. And that evening I arrived in Exeter and I rode a tandem bicycle to a silent disco. And that was a great evening. The tandem bicycle ride was rather cold. So my um, I have mentioned uh, genitalia in my description of that in my training diary. But I won't repeat that for you. But you can probably put two and two together. It was about minus four. And then at the silent disco, you could play a little game if I can find my phone. I did note this. Uh, I've uh, found that I don't think I saved them properly. As a treat for myself, because I thought I was going on a night out, I thought I wouldn't wear my glasses, make things a little bit more exciting by being ever so slightly partially sighted. Um, So I did think I'd taken some notes. Basically, the the silent disco was you had green headphones if you wanted a cheese DJ and you had blue headphones if you wanted to listen to rock music. So the game is, guess what I was listening to? 
So uh, I could have chosen Tenacious D Tribute, or I could have chosen Girls Just Wanna Have Fun by Cindy Lauper. Guess which one I went for. I could have chosen... Oh no, it was Smells Like Teen Spirit or Girls Wanna Have Fun. And I uh, chose Lorpa. I could have chose between Tenacious D Tribute and Tina Turner. Um, Proud Mary. I was Proud and Mary-like. And... The other thing that was weird, they, they did a conga, which I think is a great idea, actually, when you've got two sets of headphones on everybody. But what I figured was I didn't listen, need to listen to the conga as I did the conga because there was a rock DJ playing something else. But it really bugs me. I think I was listening to Brian Adams, but I'm not sure. So anyway, that is a complete aside. But uh, I would say a silent disco at the FRA dinner would be a great thing. So maybe someone can um, suggest that. I don't know about... I've never been to an FRA dinner. I've only seen it advertised Facebook with topless men. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if that's... I mean, you've just heard my music taste, so you might think that's my vibe. But, um, yeah, I'm not... I, I, I'd like to I'd like to get someone on this year who can sell the FRA dinner um, as, a, as a great event. I'm sure it is good. I've heard Daniel Howarth's dancing there is fantastic, as is the dancing of Lee Gohead. Um, I heard his is some of the finest. So anyway, back on to the week. It was a little bit tight after discoing and tandeming, so I opted to miss the park run and have pancakes instead. That's not a bad way to do things, is it? And then for a nice, easy 80-minute run... Um, and it was absolutely pain-free. So it's being a little swine, this little thing, isn't it? Um, stayed on Dartmoor, and it was absolutely hoot, chossing it down, I think. Hossing it down, as uh, Jacob Tonkin says. Um, but the van wasn't turned over. So the next day, I went to a event organised by a little... Uh, little group called Dartmoor Runners and it was a navigation race um, and the map was pinned up in the back of someone's car um, you took the checkpoints down and there were flags at the five checkpoints that you had to go and find I ran this um, with my teammate um, Emma and we had a very good run we both worked out that we could take a bearing but we didn't really read the map, so we kind of went through every bog available on Dartmoor. Um, and we did actually manage to find the checkpoints really well. The only thing that let me down was there was a point where I'd marked on the map exactly where the checkpoint was supposed to be. And it was as I marked the mark in the same place as they had, but they hadn't, um, they hadn't explained to me that... It, it actually was somewhere else than where they put the number on the map. So that was really unhelpful. So we, we went storming off down this really steep uh, tussocky hill just to find that it took us to a fence in the corner of a wet field and that wasn't where we needed to be. Um, I did manage to orientate my map because I was running along what point and I thought, God, Steve Franklin would be 
shaking his fist in anger at this. Um, but yes, I was getting better. But I do have some questions for Fran Blackett. One would be, how do you fold a map? Um, I'm definitely learning not to fold it outside in the wind. Um, but yeah, folding a map is definitely... And, and, and also, what is the deal with bits being on the corner of a page? I don't know how maps could redesign themselves so that they never got the bit in the folded bits. But that's that's uh, that would be the way forward. You could have like a little border on each square, couldn't you? Maybe that wouldn't work. I don't know. Um, but definitely gets harder when you're trying to get to terrain, which is on the fold of a map. So that was a nice two and a half hours out there for three hours and ten. Um, and again, absolutely no Achilles pain. So I was like, oh, I think it's happy, isn't it? Happy with easy running. Was unhappy with some faster stuff, but then hasn't been sore after. So I'm going to have a little think about all that and what to do. Because it's not gone away, but it's not got worse. But then I did skip park runs, so I'm in a I'm in a grey area, people. And I've got a race I'm really looking forward to this week. So, as a little preview, I told Chris Alborough, um or maybe I told you guys on the podcast last week, that I am looking forward to taking on Bart Shaw at Tigger Tour. And Chris had some questions about that. <laughs> Hi Charlie, um, sorry to bother you again, but I just have some questions about Bart Shaw, um, your nemesis. Um, so what was like the head-to-head tally in 2023? Do you normally beat him or does he normally beat you? Um, how's he feeling about the race? Is he is he quite fit at the moment or is he not that fit? Um, what are his strengths? And uh, what are his weaknesses? Particularly interested in his weaknesses and um, how you can hopefully exploit them. Um, as I say, I sort of think of him as the villain, really, in this. So can you give me any reason to, like, I don't know, dislike him, maybe? Um, has he ever done anything morally reprehensible? Um, I don't know, like, taken the last biscuit out of the biscuit tin and not offered to share it around the room. Just eating that biscuit um anything sort of along those lines um yeah it's probably the mm, that's probably all the questions i have right now i might think of some more um also yeah hope you have a good run um i hope bart has a really really good run but you still beat him comfortably because that way he will know sorry bart (laughs) he will know that even at his very very best um (laughs) you're still better than him um Yeah, I think that's probably enough. (laughs) Cheers. Hi, Chris. Um, Great to hear your voice note. And it's um, always really nice when people take an interest in your running. Um, So even if it is uh, to wish me ill, I'm I'm very pleased to have been asked so so many nice questions. So I will um, do my best to answer them. And just to put you at your ease, uh, yes, you are probably just to reassure you i'd say you're right in thinking that i am the villain in this particular piece um by day i probably come across as maybe you know quite mild-mannered um but uh definitely on the fell on the hill i'm an absolute machine i uh, really take no prisoners i'd say borderline evil and probably do 
pretty much anything to beat Charlie. So, um, yeah, I think your assessment is absolutely spot on. What was our head-to-head tally in 2023? Well, I, to be honest, I can't remember. Uh, but I've got a feeling I might have come out on top, but only um, kind of not particularly fairly. There's only three races I can remember where Charlie and I were both racing. The first one was Fairfield, where I um, I DNF'd and Charlie had an absolute stormer. So to be fair, he gets a tick on that one. Uh, the next one was Dudden, where... Uh, he very kindly ran round with me. Uh, neither of us were trying to go particularly fast. We were just trying to have a nice day out, uh, which we did. Uh, but at the end, he insisted I cross the line in front of him. So uh, technically, that gave me the win in that one. So I'm definitely taking it. Then the third one was a park run uh, where um, I managed to get inside his head by telling him that he'd set off too fast. Uh, luckily, he then slowed down. There's absolutely no way I could have kept up with him at the pace he was going. Uh, he slowed down. He managed to go the wrong way at one point, um, and I just snuck ahead. So I think that's a 2-1 victory to me in 2023, which, uh, yeah, um, a victory in uh, racing terms and also a massive victory in life, I'd say. Uh, so I'm really pleased to have got one over Charlie there. He really deserves to be downtrodden by such a fantastic runner as myself. Um, but I have to say, in actual fact, in answer to your question, who normally beats who, I'd say uh, Charlie would probably have the beating uh, of me in any race, over any distance, probably over any surface. Um I maybe just about fancy myself in a downhill only race, but I don't think there are any of those. Um, uh, but, you know, he's definitely the better runner than I am. But the nice thing about Charlie is occasionally uh, he goes off far too fast. And uh, then sometimes I can sort of craw claw my way back on those rare days where I haven't gone off far too fast. And catch up with him but i'd say we're probably even quite evenly matched in terms of uh our but well actually no to be fair charlie's pacing has got a lot better uh, it used to be terrible um now it's pretty good as mine's just been consistently terrible uh, throughout my running uh and so yeah i'd say probably charlie would normally beat me how am I feeling about the race? Uh, well, I'd say um, I'd love to say that I was incredibly hyped up and uh, ready to uh, to kind of give my all and leave nothing nothing behind to 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 beat Charlie. But actually, uh, yeah, pretty pretty relaxed. It's a really nice race. Actually, it's a category B medium bell race over the moors local to here it's not super hilly but it's um uh, the the new route is is really rough actually there's lots of um there's like a couple of patches of like proper bog uh, there's lots of kind of rough heathery single track a couple of rocky bits um so yeah lots of interest it's good fun so i'm looking forward to it um can't say i'm feeling too competitive uh, but, you know, sometimes you get the most out of races where you're not too invested in the outcome. You just want to go along and try as hard as you can and have a good time. So I think that's where I'm at. 
but if I do manage to beat Charlie by some miracle, I will be lording it over him for probably the rest of the year at least. Uh, so there's always that potential bonus. My fit, um, I'd say I'm probably feeling neither superbly fit or that unfit at the moment, just kind of ticking over. I not really raced much since the autumn. I did do one cross country race and I wasn't very good. Uh, but I managed to keep uh, running quite regularly um, in and amongst life's other commitments and um, enjoying running a lot at the moment and managed to keep a few speed, bit of speed work going, a few long runs sprinkled in or longish runs sprinkled in. So, you know, I'm not, not feeling unfit, um, but you know, it's hard to tell this time of year, isn't it? How you're going to do uh, when you set off in a race. Strengths and weaknesses and how Charlie can exploit them. Well, I think luckily for Charlie, uh, my weaknesses are probably, oh, well, are numerous for a start, but definitely include uh, rough ground. I'm not very good on rough ground. I'm, uh, well, I'm not very good on uh, firm ground either, but I'm a little bit better when you can actually run uh, and uh, relatively weak when you're sort of shuffling through a bog. So I think that isn't playing to my strengths. Um, and um, I'm not very, oh, I'm not very, don't think I'm very good uphill either. Charlie is quite good uphill, got a very powerful stride. Um, uh, whereas I sort of tap away a bit with my little spindly legs and um, don't get very far. But I am all right downhill, I'd say. Uh, I'm quite, I'm an okay descender, not brilliant, but that's probably where my strengths are. But there's not much uh, descending on Tigator. So uh, I think I won't be able to, to use that to my advantage. And I think uh, Charlie uh, can definitely exploit my weaknesses as he glides across the bogs and I kind of stumble through them. Um, but I'd say the one advantage I have is I'm, I'm, I'm pretty good at getting inside Charlie's head and essentially giving him the big kind of talking him up before a race, giving him a sense that he's going to be, you know, he's probably going to win uh, and uh, I'm expecting him to win and everyone's expecting him to win. And, uh, and then there's just a chance that he'll take that too seriously and go off too hard. So that's probably my one tactic in this race is to say, Charlie, you've got this absolutely nailed. You know, first place is going to you. Uh, and um, I'm just really looking forward to seeing you fly over those hills in a couple of weekends time. Uh, very quickly, uh, have I ever done anything truly awful in my life? Uh, official answer, definitely not. Um, honest answer, I did once call someone a dickhead at Parkland, didn't I? So uh, maybe that would be, uh, and that was my park run PB, I think. The altercation spurred me on a bit. So maybe that's the answer. Have an argument and um, uh, with someone and then I'll, I'll, I'll catch you on that last, on that last hill and uh, score a famous victory in the epic head-to-head -head between the two of us that apparently at least one person is now mildly invested in. And yeah, finally, uh, thank you for wishing me well on the run. I actually am hoping for exactly the same thing. 
I'm hoping that I will have a really good solid run because, you know, obviously that would be nice. Um, and that I'm also hoping that Charlie has a good solid run too. And if he does, uh, it'll be miles in front of me. So uh, that would be great. Uh, I, uh, whilst I would um, definitely rub it in and get as much capital as I could out of beating him the only really the only reason I really beat him is when he's had a bit of a nightmare so uh, for his sake I'm hoping that doesn't happen and uh, and hoping we both have great runs uh, uh, yeah sorry if that's a bit um, what's the word that's a bit bland uh, not trash talky enough I'd love to say something a bit more controversial but you know it's eight o'clock on a Wednesday evening and uh, I've not got it in me so there you are, Bart or Baker, hero or villain, you decide. It's going to be big, it's going to be ferocious, it's going to be aggressive, it's going to be potentially someone could get sworn at um, if they upset Bart. Potentially I might miss the finish line um, if I'm concerned about Steve Hamstring's ass. Um, there's all sorts of things that could happen. And I just think Tigator, I mean... There's even there's even murmurings from Franklin that he might run the race. He's got an entry, but he's uh, he's currently sandbagging me to high heaven at home. Um, he hasn't run hard since the eighth uh, of uh, since Graves Park cross country, but he did a little run, didn't he, the other day with a bit of speed in it. It does get you excited to know that he uh, could be throwing down. The Lord of Totley, eh? And he won't appreciate me saying this on the podcast. Is why I think I could take great delight. The ass comment was that I had to give him a massage before last year's ticket tour because he had a bit of a tight hamstring. But that's because he's just... He's like coiled, ready to just fire um, sheer Totley power at people. He is our goat. Our goat? He is our goat. Um, and yeah... Let's see if Lord of Totley, Baker, Bartshaw can um, be out there waving that green flag. And I'm sure many of you will come and enjoy Tiggato. Uh, I haven't looked at the entry list because I don't want to psych myself out. I, I'll just take everything Bart said on board about I'm actually going to win. This will be the year I'll beat Steve. Um, this will be the year I set a new course record. I I intend to go off at full tilt from the start. I think that's the only way that I should race. Um, and I'm not going to run up Higator. I'm going to run through it. Um, head. I'm going to put my head through Tigator. Um, Higator, sorry. Um, and dig a tunnel. Like, um, yeah, that that would be my approach. So, yeah, I'm really pumped. Um, unless I'm injured and I don't race. The trigger race took place last weekend in truly exceptional conditions. For a race that's renowned as taking place in the worst weather imaginable, we were blessed with blue skies, sunshine, and even pretty frozen and fast conditions underfoot as well. Joe Oldfield took advantage of these conditions pretty much from the outset, uh, going off at a pace unlike anything I have ever seen previously. He was just a dust trail in the distance, as if he was doing an uphill only race up Black Hill. 
only continued this over Bleaklow and Kinder and then down into Edale in a record-breaking time of 3 hours, 5 minutes and 21 seconds. This breaks the previous record set by Ollie Johnson back in 2013 of 3 hours, 8 minutes and 59 seconds. Now, whilst the conditions were undoubtedly fast, there is no denying they were a bit awkward in places, particularly around the frozen tussocks, which were pretty ankle-snappy, uh, particularly off of Black Hill and also just the ever-awkward terrain across Kinder as well. Next up was Hugh Chatfield. Hugh won the Dragons back last year, so he's obviously on exceptional form, and he came in 12 minutes, 21 seconds behind Joe, and behind Hugh came Joe Mercer in a time of 3 hours, 17 minutes and 53 seconds. In the women's race, Lisa Watson of Dark Peak pipped Anna Watkinson Powell to the finish by a matter of seconds, with a really strong finish. And in third place, also Dark Peak, came Despina Berdini, making the one, two, three for Dark Peak women, as well as four and five. I'm obviously biased because I'm a part of the club, but getting the top five women is truly outrageous, even if Charlie Baker of Totley views Dark Peak as being the man city of the fell running world. Many thanks to Brent for organising as well as the volunteers and everyone from Woodhead Mountain Rescue Team. You're all absolute legends for standing up there on such an unbelievably cold but crisp day. Uh, here's to 2025 Trigger and hopefully back to standard procedure of the world's worst weather. Oh, and one final thing. One of the majorly satisfying things about the Trigger is seeing the people doing the spine coming up the other way. Um, thinking about the fact that in an amount of hours time you're going to be at home in the bath drinking a beer through a straw and they will be battling it out for the, well I'm, I mean until literally the, the following weekend in some cases uh, so congratulations to those brave poor and insane souls that decide to put themselves through that so on the spine well I think you know you know that uh, Jack Scott, Innovate Athlete, both won the spine and got the new course record and a new record for ageing 20 years in seven days. So I hope he's recovering well and has found some kind of Benjamin Button thing to reverse um, the yeah premature ageing that it looked like it caused him. I think he was just very tired because... Uh, that's maybe why his eyes were a bit puffy. But rather than making mean-spirited uh, jokes about his appearance and uh, potentially hinting that it's not the healthiest thing to do, um, I would also say what a stunning feat of endurance by the man and incredible stuff that he planned, trained meticulously for. And, um, yeah, amazing. Um, Jenny Stevens. Uh, I was quite regretful that I never actually asked her during the interview what her pony was called. And she told me her pony was called Patches. So Patches was her pony who uh, inspired her love for the outdoors and got her into um, long distance stuff. And I thought she was brilliant. 
she finished the spine. I haven't got her time to mine, I'm afraid, but I'm hoping she'll send us something for next week's edition. She's just recovering, obviously. But I said that, oddly, I had never any doubt that she would finish after meeting her. And she said, I thought this was great words, that she never doubted herself either. Only an accident would have stopped me. Jenny, not me. You can't do something like that unless you believe that you are going to finish. Otherwise, the desire to give up would be too strong. And I will be printing or writing those wise words out on a bit of paper uh, to read before I go and do my Bob Graham. So thank you for that, Jenny. Um, And hopefully uh, the fundraising has gone well and we might even get to hear from you. Well done to everybody who completed the spine. Uh, It looked like it was an epic year. Thank you for the content from official photographer Jamie Rutherford and it looked like you had a great time. And if anyone ever wants to do it, good luck to you, you brave, brave souls. I've packed my lunchbox. What's in yours? Tell me what you like. I don't like when you're munching on the moors. Good afternoon, Charlie. It's William here. Long time no speak. As you know, I'm injured, and injuries can be a real havoc, for want of a better word, for runners. So I missed out on Trigger, which I'm a bit cheesed off about. But you know, these things happen. I was I was well prepped. I had my gear sorted. I had some precision gels that I was going to play around with. Um, and yeah, I was ready for it. I'd wrecked it, and Kieran Hodgson was on the line, and I was one point behind him last year in the Vet 45 Old Codgers category. So I was hoping to race him, but and see how it panned out. Anyway, as it happened, Neil Northrop, um, running pal from Dark Peak, beat him by three seconds, which was um, I'm sure would have been an exciting race, especially in the conditions when it's frozen. Um, Oh well, maybe next year. So, yeah, plans. Oh, I had plans, lots of plans for this um, start of the new year. But when plans fall through, you have to review, reprioritise, refocus. So, with that respect, my planned munching on the moors features are going to have to wait until another time. So, there we have it. I'm hiking now. So it's still good prep for what I have in mind for the summer. Probably actually better prep than running, to be honest. But I'm out halfway and it's blooming windy. I've got my poles and my calf's been fine, but now I seem to have, like, mild tendon pain on my left elbow, which is odd. Anyway, poles. Who needs them? Well, I do. They make me faster or slower. So, munching on the moors. Back to the trusty... Cheese and ha- uh, tomato, cheese and tomato sandwich. Um, definitely a case of less is more, more or less. Um, but sadly, um, Aldi have either stopped uh, producing the malted bloomer, or my local ones have stopped stocking it, and are instead uh, stocking a half and half, which is, to be honest, a bit meh, mappy for want of a better word. It's a bit gooey. It's a bit like. Um, 
rubbish sliced bread. So, uh, what am I saying? Aldi used to be the saving grace of um, ready sliced bread. Now I think they've gone downhill. Um, but at the end of the day, it's a good sandwich on the moor. Um, strictly not on the moor. I'm hunkered down under Stanage Edge. Um, and looking forward to my sandwich. Oh, and another thing, um, I've got some flapjacks, but they're a bit dry and crumbly. Um, so the proportions were 250 grams of oats, 125 of butter and sugar accordingly. Uh, but then I threw in some peanut butter, pumpkin seeds, chocolate chips, and maybe something else. And I'm wondering if those added um ingredients throughout the proportions and made for oh and a bit of syrup only two tablespoons if that made for an odd composition so if any listeners have got any tips on how to make a good flapjack and how I sh- which element of the ing- of the recipe do i need to adjust um i'm intrigued because i think flapjacks are a good cool recipe for munching on the moors in those in between the times um so yeah there you go. Um, I'll speak to you later. Bye. Hi. Just as an addendum to what I'd sent previously um, about myself, Kieran, Kieran, and Neil being in the old Codgers category. As everyone will know, Vet 45 is not an old cat- Codgers category. We're still spring chickens and probably coming into our prime, I guess, and regularly actually beating people literally half our age so no offense intended to anyone as i hope there wasn't and um there you go it was blooming windy on standard judge today so um an extra level of training um a complete side wind so of very little benefit whatsoever see you later bye so take two on addendum two add add addendum so um yeah Back to the sandwich and the bread. If the CEO of Aldi it was listening to my input to munching on the moors, which I'm sure they were, they should be aware of uh, Morrison's have copied the malted bloomer and continue to make a malted bloomer. So in a bizarre twist, a bit like uh, gamekeeper turned poacher, Morrison's have actually copied Aldi, used the same packaging and so on, playing them at their own game and thus by virtue of continuing that um, line of bakery goods are actually improving on Aldi's own offering so uh, yeah stick that in your bakery and smoke it bye hi Will I don't know if you can hear me but I uh, have really loved those Uh, they will be going in the latest show and I've been I don't know if you have any opinions because I've been out eating a Ferrero Rocher um, on a navigational run so I had one every time I hit a checkpoint and I just wondered if you thought that whether Ferrero Rocher are a good munching on the moors snack as the munching on the moors connoisseur Hi Charles well Ferrero Rocher on the moors um, I think they're probably quite good the only thing I've found with chocolate though is it tends to go a bit hard in the winter so um it can be a bit chewy and maybe a danger of damaging teeth but in terms of incentivizing your navigation and rewarding yourself and brilliant i am a fan of a ferrero rocher um and obviously in the wind in the summer 
chocolate melts all the time so it's a good shoulder season snack i'd say but yeah i think um the, the temperatures do pose an interesting challenge because sometimes there's just no satiability that can match the chocolate so um at the extreme end of the temperature yeah it's not so good um so i'd be interested spreading this out to other connoisseurs of what what is a good chocolate alternative in summer or the winter because obviously um you know you might have something that's uh, better in the summer than the winter or, or a good all-rounder i'd love to hear people's views but yeah definitely for russia is uh, good for winter um of course i don't hmm, might not be very crush crush resistant but obviously um it worked for you so actually uh, on that theme of crush resistance and um structural integrity um the cheese and tomato sandwich held up well during a walk um i was going to do it on a run but i think it would just fall to pieces and that would be a waste of good sandwich um it did get soggy though but soggy's all right soggy's good um helps it go down all right speak to you later bye i i thought i'd follow up with some um important disclaimers on the chocolate um comment yes it is very good for satiability and a, a comfort food I mean, sports nutritionists would probably say it's not so great because of a big sugar spike or some twaddle like that. Um, so to give it some context, I stopped for a cup of coffee and I had no more flapjack left, but I did have a cliff, mini cliff bar, um, which is, you know, sports nutrition allegedly, although it's not actually that different to like a Nutri-Bake or something. And anyway, um, I just, I just, I was like, no, I'll, I'll leave it rather than take it. So there you go. Um, real tasty food is better than real athletic food. But yeah, who knew? Bye. Everyone's talking at us. I cannot hear a word the same. Only echoes of my mind. Folk stop and go. I cannot see mush. All these shadows of their eyes. Tossing it down. How's it going, Charles? It's going now yonder to find myself a very loud Duncan spot. Which means I'm going over there to find a nice place to swim. Good morning and welcome to Learning Cumbrian with Jacob Tonkin. I have two phrases to teach you today, which the two phrases can be used together they can be used on their own or you could take words out from them and use them the words individually if you wanted to so first up is as getting absolutely schwartled as getting absolutely schwartled see if you can figure out what that one is and the second yan is i van you shit myself i van you shit myself 
so you can figure them out. Hello, Jacob. Is it I'm getting absolutely sozzled, or other word, wankered, hammered, whatever you like, and is it I nearly shit my pants? So my question is, was it a good night? Uh, Yeah, you're correct on that. Well done. Bravo. For once, though, they weren't actually connected to me and it's nothing to do with what I did last night. I was at the rugby, working at the rugby club yesterday, uh, pitch side for the loss against Spiatri. And then as uh, they were all getting changed at the end, the Keswick captain came out and goes, I'm going to go and get swaddled. So I just thought about that and thought I'd... I'd, uh, Send you a little message about that. But yeah, I use Avanya ship myself all the time about anything. Mm-hmm. I'll, you know, someone comes on a corner too fast and makes me jump. And I go, hell, Avanya shit myself. Well, that's another brilliant addition. I think you provided me with there, J- Jacob. Um, I like that you're also hiding around corners. Uh, that's what you're doing, isn't it, when people come around corners? I'm afraid I'm going to have to leave this for one week, uh, if that's okay with you. Because um, I've been sent a delightful 23 minutes of you and Hector and BGS talking about custard creams, Sean Bean, Boromir, um, yeah, Lord of the Rings, and, and a little bit about a race. Um, and it's a brilliant, brilliant bit of uh, content you provided. So, yeah, this will be on the week after. But uh, please keep them coming because they're a real joy. Thank you, everyone, for dropping in. It amazes me. I've managed to pull a 50-minute episode out of not a lot there, um, but some fantastic contributions from Jacob and Will. Um, I'm very much enjoying my new anchor man, Rob Greenwood. I am um, a bit aware it is a bit mean of me to accuse Steve Franklin of sandbagging. Um, it is hard, isn't it, balancing all this high performance with busy lives um, and getting out there and giving it your all. So if you are someone doing that or whatever's going on in your life, just keep going um, or take a rest. <laughs> Not on the fence at all, but no, by keep going, I mean be a good, good friend to yourself and uh, don't give up on whatever it is you're working for. So all the best, everyone. Have a great week. And I look forward to speaking to you next week. And I also think we'll have some great content, just like this little message I got today uh, from a good friend of mine. Hi, guys. Uh, On the back foot for listeners, Mooney here, a.k.a. Lou Sarsol. Charlie just wanted me to give a little uh, update on my uh, blossoming running career. Uh, I've been uh, I've been doing a little bit. I've done a few 5K runs. Um, it's going fine actually. I was getting a bit of consistency. No shin splints. No nothing untoward happening. I was actually enjoying it. Got ill. Was ill for two weeks. Came back and bareback to 12K run. Um, which to you might not be a big deal, but I'm running 97 kgs here. Um, fucked it, basically. My hip flexor feels like a cheese string. Uh, my knee, well, I guess it's called mincer's knee, would be the colloquial term. Um, so I'm just, uh, you know, just 
taking it easy now. Um, but any advice you lot have you know got for me, um, always welcome. I dedicate this to my great rival and friend, Bart Shaw. Distance now I'm back on my feet, just a man and his will to survive. So many times it happens too fast. You change your passion for glory. Don't lose your grip on the dreams of the past. You must fight just to keep them alive. It's the eye of the tiger, it's the thrill of the fight. Rising up to the challenge of my rival And the last known survivor stops his prey in the night And he's watching us all with the eye Of the tiger Face to face, out in the heat Hanging tough, staying hungry they stack the odds, still we take to the street To before we kill, with the skill to survive It's the eye of the tiger, it's the thrill of the fight Rising up to the challenge of our rival And the last known survivor stops his prey in the night And he's watching us all with the eye Of the tiger Got the glory With the distance Now I'm back on a stop Just a man and his will To survive It's the eye of the tiger It's the thrill of the fight Rising up to the challenge Of our ride. 